Perakhes Mishnah Gimel. So it's mentioned over the past couple of Mishnayos, the Allah is that if a wife comes to acquire property, let's say through inheritance, before, after she got married, you know, now they're fully married with Nisuin, assuming that it's not recorded in the Ksuba as Nechse Tzon Barzal, we call the property Nechse Mulog. And the arrangement with such Nechse Mulog properties is that she retains the guf of the property, a title to the property, whereas the husband has Kenyan Peros rights in the property that is for the duration of the marriage. He takes practical ownership of the property. He may use it and keep whatever income it generates for the duration of the marriage. But being that, again, that she has title to the property, in the fundamental sense, it's her property, Allah is that the husband must take care to retain the principal. He's allowed to use the property, but only in a responsible manner. That doesn't depreciate the principal. So if we're talking about a field, that's relatively straightforward. The arrangement is... She remains the real owner of the field, while he has the right to use it. He'll farm the field and keep whatever it produces. And that, of course, is the standard way to make use of a field. The property itself will retain its value or even appreciate in value in most situations. And he just has rights to keep the Paris from the field. Our mission discusses what if this inheritance she received didn't come in the form of Land, the field that could be farmed, but Nafluluk Safim. Cash felt her inheritance after she was already married. So, what's the practical arrangement with that cash she inherited? Obviously, it wouldn't be appropriate for him to simply spend the cash. That's using up the principal. So, what's done? The cash is taken and invested in real estate, purchase some land. And we go back to our classic arrangement where the husband gets to keep the pairs from the land and thus the principle of this investment will remain intact. It's a relatively a low-risk type of investment. You shouldn't go and invest in some risky venture which you know, threatens the principle. Just you know, buy some land and do the classic arrangement of it's her land, but he gets to keep the pairs. And similarly, if she inherited pairs at solution, minakarko, produce that was already detached from the land, they grew from, same thing, take that produce, sell it, and use the money to purchase a field. The field will once again belong to her, she has the guf, and he'll keep the pears for the duration of the marriage. The mission now presents a dispute as regards let's say she inherited some produce that was still attached to the ground. So in other words, she inherited a field that had produce growing in it. At issue is the status of that the produce that's still attached to the ground. The question is, is that produce categorized as an independent entity? So in other words, it's essentially the same as the previous case. She inherited some detached produce. So you take that by field and she'll keep the field. He gets the pears from the field. Or no, maybe since it's still physically attached to the ground... The produce isn't judged as a separate entity, and thus the husband would simply keep all of that produce because you know, the same way, with any you know, typical case of a field, he gets to keep all the pears that come from that field throughout the marriage. Maybe the same law applies here where there already was produce that grew, you know, it's ready to harvest before the marriage, but since you know, it wasn't actually harvested yet, it's halakhically subsumed with the land so he'll keep all of that produce. 
The Mishnah presents a dispute about how we rule here. Amr Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir said that indeed this produce that's physically attached to the ground is judged as a separate and distinct entity, meaning it's ready to be harvested. Therefore, for all intents and purposes, this is viewed as, okay, she inherited produce. So now you have to protect that principle for her, and he just gets any you know, additional income that could be generated from you know, investing the value of the produce. So how do we do that? We assess the market value of the produce in question by considering how much would this field be worth with or without the produce. You take that amount and invest it in more land. And that land, the principle of it, belongs to her. He gets to keep the peros that come from that additional land. Again, this flows from Rabbi Meir's understanding that even though the produce is still physically attached to the ground, since it was ready to be harvested, the time she inherited it, it's judged as its own entity, thus she acquires the right to the principle of that produce. However, take the other position on this. They say, This attached produce simply belongs to him outright. Once he later, after the married, harvests it, he can simply take and consume that produce, sell it, whatever he wants to do with it. It's only produce that was already detached from the field at the time she acquired it. And that's to judge as its own entity. And thus, as stated above, you take that produce and purchase more land. She keeps the principle of that and he gets the payers from that. Whereas in our case... Being that this produce is not going to be harvested until after the land was brought into the marriage, it's no different than produce which is going to grow down the line later, which everybody agrees the husband keeps all of that for himself. So to here, true, the produce was ready to be harvested before this was brought into the marriage. But nevertheless, it's judged as a part of the field. Therefore, okay, she owns the field. But uh, at whatever point the produce is harvested, that's considered peros that comes from her field. So he simply keeps all of those peros.